0: We made it, all of us, up on stage. Jack, don't touch
1: things. (laughs) Okay.
0: We have been meandering through a few different churches. We've been in four different churches in the last like five weeks. And this is the first time all of us have made it up on stage. The first time our car was hit in the parking lot, and so Kelvin was moving it. And then Owen dropped goldfish all over the floor right as i got up and the next one i don't know he was running around so much that a nice kind lady took him to the back and that was it feels really good to be in a church where there's lots of kids uh because we also have lots of kids um who else is in the four kid club besides eden and jaden uh-huh you have four kids too yeah so oh yeah yeah the schulhausers are are going strong um I uh, I sometimes wonder why you guys didn't, like, warn us, like, <laughs> like, because I, yeah, right, Leslie? I didn't, like, um, okay, you're really, <laughs> four has propelled us into a new level of chaos that we didn't know existed, um, but we are, like, it's, it's less like a tornado and more like a, a fun party now, wherever we go. Uh, so, yes, we are the O.P.O. family. I hope you can hear me. Jack, shh. Yeah, good thing he's not mic'd. Um, we are the O.P.O. family. My name is Nicole, and that is my husband, Kelvin. This is our firstborn daughter, Mercy. She is nine, almost ten. Uh, yay. Amina is eight, Yeah, Mina's turned eight, Owen is now three, Um, and we have Jack-Jack, who is one and a half. Um, And Mercy was born into this church. I remember bringing her um, here when she was only three weeks old, so that's how long we've been a part of it. I am going to release them so that they can go and play. Kelvin? Yeah. Okay, bye, Jack. Bye. Good job, guys. (laughs) That was pretty good, actually. I'm impressed. Um, It feels really good to be home. Junction Church is our home church, um, and we've considered it our home church for a really long time now. Uh, I often get asked the question of, like, where is home for you? Because... um, we have not been. I grew up in Castlegar myself, but I have been in Africa almost as long as I grew up in Castlegar. So I often get this question of how, how where is home? And I, I have come to the conclusion that you're allowed to have two homes. You're allowed to have two places that feel like home. Um, that your family is in both places, and it's very hard for us because we have people that we love so dearly in both spaces. And it is a tension and a conflict in our lives that we just have to deal with. And it is beautiful, but it is hard. The very first time we were here a few weeks ago, I could not help but cry and cry and cry and cry, because I walked in and I saw all these people that I love and all these people that support us. And we've been gone for so long. And uh, so yeah, thank you for being home for us. I do want to introduce us a little bit more, because while it is home, there's a lot of new sp- people here, and um, a lot of new p- faces who probably don't know who we are. You might have just seen us in our videos. A lot of people go, oh, you guys are the, f- the people on the videos. Um, but Kelvin and I, I, I grew up in Castle our Kelvin grew up in Kenya, and we both came to the Lord when we were in our teen years, and then, since then we've actually both been serving in youth ministry since we were in our late teens. Uh, we got married when we were young and tender i was 23 years old and soon after that we came to canada and that was in 2013 and we landed here in the junction church Um, i forget how we connected i'm not really sure but instantly we felt at home um, and many of you were there that was now gosh 11 years ago so we lived in canada for four years uh, and we were part of this church for four years. My husband served on the SLT for a while, um, and then we felt like it was time for to head back, that we knew that God was calling us back to Kenya. And we've been serving now in Kenya for eight years. We work under an organization is called MMF, Multination Missions Foundation. It's in Abbotsford, and we've been under them And uh, their leadership since 2016. So that is a little bit about who we are and how we're connected if you guys are new and do not know who we are but this is our home. Um, We have come in a very interesting time in your church and uh, in our church and uh, my prayer for this time to for us together is that you can see what an impact that you guys are making worldwide. We are your Junction Church missionaries. And so what does that mean? That means that you support us to do God's work and God's mission in other parts of the world. We are not divided. We are together. We are on mission as a church together. We are in Kenya and you are here. a big part of your support to us means that you are consistently praying with us, and we see that. We are on all your email lists. We know what's going on in the church, and we know that we are, you, we are on your radar and that you guys are often praying for us and thinking about us and invested and engaged. You send us people. Like Troy said, Troy and Danielle uh, were a gift, and they came and visited us with the lurches a few years ago in Kenya. They came and spent a week or so with us. That was pre Pre Xander. We've also had Danielle and Gordon with us. They were here, they were with us about a year ago now. Uh, Danielle's been over to visit us a couple times. So we have quite a few of you who have invested by coming and actually seeing what God is doing on the ground. And a really big piece of what you do is that we are in your church budget. And not only that, you guys are, the Junction Church is actually our most significant donor. As a church, you give us more money every year than any other organization or individual. So you are a big, big piece of what goes on in Kenya. And uh, I would encourage you that if you have never maybe seen your church budget or you just give or tithe and don't really know where it goes and what it does, I'd encourage you to look it up. I think it was actually all in an email sent out last week I would echo what Leslie said come to the AGM come and see what is going on in your church behind the scenes you guys the Junction has always had a great body of leaders who work hard to make sure that funds and your giving is allocated really well and appropriately and we are huge beneficiaries of your giving and your tithing and your generosity Um, so I want to I want you to feel encouraged today that, while this is work that Kelvin and I are doing in Kenya, that you guys are a really, really big part of that. That this church in general is a really, really big part of that. Not only that, as we have most of our donors, our individual donors come from this church as well. All right. So it's been a long time since we've been here. We were here in 2020 and 2021 and if anybody remembers that was like the height of the pandemic and i don't think we actually attended a church service because then you not you guys the government shut us all down and we had to do everything online and we didn't actually get to interact with any of you which was really really sad so we haven't been probably on this stage for about five or six years we were here in 2021 um i think i spoke online to Danielle and Troy sitting right there. That was it. Um, <laughs> uh, Jesse was like there and whatever, but that was, that was where the COVID days, so we've, we've not actually gotten to spend time with you all. That was three years ago, and I'm gonna tell you that a lot has happened in Kenya in the last three years. If you've followed us or you've watched what we've done, this has been an intense season of, of growth in our ministry. And so when Kelvin and I were sitting down and going, okay, like, what do we share with you all? Because if we were going to share everything, we'd be here for hours. What does God really want us to share with you all? And Kelvin and I both came to a passage um, that has kind of summed up what we felt that God has done in Kenya with us in the last three years. And it is Ephesians 3, verse 17 to 20. I don't know if anybody has a Bible and would be willing to actually read that out loud for us. no Bibles here 17 to 20 so that Christ may dwell in your sorry
1: so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. To 23, is it? To 20, to 20, okay, Again. Uh, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think According to the power at work within us Amen
0: Now if you're like me who doesn't actually carry a Bible around anymore Which is actually really embarrassing now that I talk about that out loud um, that Anybody else use the Bible app constantly that's me Um, One thing I do love about the Bible app is that it allows you to have like different versions. You can switch between different versions, and I love doing that because it just gives me more depth. I'm going to read the same passage, and this is from the Passion Translation. And it says, Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. It is endless beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Oh, that sounds good, doesn't it? Like I mentioned, this season has been a season of immense growth for Kelvin and I in our ministry. Growth beyond what we imagined or thought was possible. Kelvin and I have had long-term visions and dreams and prayers and hopes, and we have literally watched them come to fruition in the last three years. Not only that, they are bigger than what we ever thought or imagined that they would be. We have learned that God reaches farther. He's more inclusive. He's more enduring and intimate than we ever understood. We have felt his presence in some of the most unassuming places and situations, like at a Muslim Muslim wedding. We have felt God's presence, or unfortunately, even at the funerals of many tiny babies that I attend. Ultimately, his love is endless and extravagance and it reaches farther and it works more miracles than we have imagined. And Kelvin and I are completely in awe of him. And not only that, Kelvin and I are incredibly privileged to do this work with him. If you have followed with us along, you probably know that my husband's a big soccer fan, and in the past, all we've done, not all we've done, but a lot of what we've done has had to do with youth and soccer and evangelism. And at one point, we were running hundreds of programs in the ghetto, trying to get young people onto the field and out of drugs and and into the hands of people who loved them. But in 2021, while we were here, we really felt the Lord was starting to direct us down a new path. We were given new dreams and new visions and new things that were on our heart to accomplish. So when we went back to Kenya after that COVID period, after we saw almost none of you, um, in order to accomplish everything that God wanted us to do, we felt it was really important to set up an NGO or a nonprofit organization, which in Africa is a really big deal because there are a lot of NGOs in Africa. A lot of people doing work, so to actually get one up and rolling is a really, really hard task. But in order to do everything we wanted, we knew we needed this structure and this body over us, so we created an NGO. We brought in, a, we have a full board of directors who are phenomenal people who watch over us, who are, we are accountable to, who have a passion for the ministry and the direction we are going and we founded what we call the Tembea Na Rehema Foundation. And Tembea Na Rehema, did I do that? Um, no, we're still up there. Um, Tembea Na Rehema is our local language, and it means to walk with mercy or to move with compassion. And our life, my life verse has been Matthew 9:36, that says when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. So we started an NGO that seeks to move with compassion and to transform lives in Mombasa, Kenya. On top of that, after we got it all set up, it was a miracle. It was done in about six months, and we had it all up and running. We also knew we wanted a place, we wanted a structure, we wanted a center. And one, one really big avenue we were going down was women, women's health. That's my background. My background is childbirth education, and I'm currently finishing my degree in public health. We wanted to serve God and women and pregnant women and young girls and teaching them about their bodies and how to take care of them. We want to see babies survive. We want to see mothers doing really well. But we needed a space. So I was on the internet one day, and I was looking up things, and I found this space, and I said, Kelvin, what about this? And we called up our agent, and he said, well, that one's taken. And he said, but the one across the street is there. And so we were on the property within an hour looking at it. And we knew instantly that this was like God's holy ground. I don't know if you've ever stepped into a place and you go, wow, this is a special place. And I'm a little bit of a visionary. I kind of God gives me ideas and visions, and and uh, that I've often seen come to fruition. And so my first vision when I stepped onto this property was green. I wanted everything green. And you have to understand that the people we serve come from the slum. They come from the ghetto. So nothing is green. It is dirt. It is sewage. It is iron sheets. It is cement. There is no green and I wanted a place to be green. I also knew this was gonna be a place of peace. That was the other big word that came to me was that this was gonna be a place of peace. And then I had this vision that in this front patio here that it was going to be lined up with mothers and babies, that they were gonna overflow out of this place. So here we are. This was at the beginning of a seed planted and we left this place that day and we talked to the landlord and she wanted a crazy amount of money for rent. And I went back and to the house and I was like, God, we don't have it. We don't have that income. To rent the house was about $800 a month at the time. And we didn't have $800 a month. And on top of that, you now have to staff it. You have to maintain it. You have to run programs. So I went back home and I hummed and I hawed for about a good month going, God, is this what you have for us? We don't have it. We had just come from a period of COVID. We raised no funds. We saw nobody. We don't have that money, Lord. And it took me a good month of going back and forth with God and humming and hawing. And I don't know if you guys have this in your relationships, but Kelvin pretty much stood with me and watched me wrestle and he already knew that we were going to take that step of faith anybody else have like a spouse who's like yep we're in god's giving us he's got that faith and me i'm sitting there like well the logistics don't make sense and i don't know if god's going to provide and whereas kelvins just sit there so it took a good month for me to come around and go okay we're going to take this leap of faith so we did We walked around there, and I remember, Kelvin, in the beginning, we managed to scrounge together, I think, three months of rent. We had it in our account, and so we paid three months of rent. And Kelvin and I walked the property and said, okay, God, and we started dreaming, and we started preparing, but we had zero dollars, but we still felt like, the Lord, this was it. So we walked in this space. We were giddy with joy. You can see Kelvin. You can't see much of Kelvin, but you can see his teeth and a smile uh he was so we just knew that this was going to be a big place even though we still had zero dollars so we gathered our friends these are some of our friends fellow missionaries some of our board members and we said we're going to pray we're going to pray over this space and we walked in we spent an afternoon just praying over it dreaming getting ideas and advice from the people that we love the most uh and yeah where am i going oh oh that's the other way okay so we took it we signed the lease we paid first months of rent we didn't have any money and the plan was okay kelvin is going to work on making it green okay remember that was my vision our vision was to make it green and in the meantime i was going to go and i was going to start writing proposals and i was going to share our vision and i was going to see how we can drum up some support of where we felt that god was really leading us so here's kelvin this is with kelvin with one of our youth um who has run through our programs and he's come to know the lord he's actually one of our staff members now um working hard to make it green Kelvin's out there every day. They planted some grass, trying to make it green. Meanwhile, oh, we began to look at furniture. We began to figure things out. My furniture is even green. Um, I am not an interior designer. That is not my gift. That is not something I feel good at. So I really felt this is Kelvin and I've with our tester sofas. We wanted them to be comfortable for pregnant women because we knew it was, we knew we had this vision it was going to be full of pregnant women. And this was Kelvin trying to explain to me how Kel, like, pregnant women felt. <laughs> um, it's like one of my favorite pictures of all time. My mother was here, and I think I was like, I don't know if you can look at my face, but I was like, are you seriously trying to tell me how pregnant women feel when they sit down? Um, but these were the beginning stages of all that God had done and all the things we had in our minds. And then I got pregnant, which is, which is a good thing. Okay, Pregnancy is a good thing. But this pregnancy all of a sudden just overtook my body. I've had three kids before this, and I was fine. But Jack, the second I took a pregnancy test, I was sick and I was nauseous, and I was sick and nauseous all day, all night. I wasn't sleeping. I was having panic attacks. I was struggling to just, like, roll out of bed or get up off the bathroom floor. It was awful. For weeks and weeks and weeks, I didn't see my kids. I slept in bed. I was tired. I was dizzy. I cried on the phone. I think I called Melinda a million times, and we cried, and I cried together, and she tried to help me. And I sat there, and I went... Okay God, like what? Like, I thought we were on a roll, we had this vision and now I can't get out of bed. And you know what we need to run this center. You know that I'm the one who's gonna run the programs for women. You know that we need all these funds but people don't know so I need to send out emails. And it threw me off completely. And I eventually said, all right God, I'm going to surrender. I'm giving it all to you. You've led us down this path. We have offered it to you. You've put this so clearly on our hearts, so I am surrendering it all to you. And the funny thing is, not the funny thing, or something you learn and relearn as Christians, sometimes we relearn me- like you know, things we should know already, but we have to relearn them over and over again, was that God said, well, yeah, this is my work. I'll do it. I have this vision. This is my project. This is my work. This is our kingdom, we're, my kingdom we're building. Let me help you. So, fast forward a little bit. After all that, we officially opened what we call the Rimah Center. God has provided beyond what we thought we needed. And a few weeks later, we officially opened what we call the Rimah Center. In our first year, I'm going to go a little fast now. In our first year, all that we did, we hired staff. All right, we have a team there. We hired a whole bunch of full-time staff members. We started a girls' football program in the slum for 25 young girls. We hosted uh, what we call the Bloom program, which is a menstrual hygiene program where we teach girls about menstrual hygiene and their bodies and having healthy relationships for over 150 girls in the community. We did Bible studies, we hosted small groups. We hosted soccer tournaments for hundreds of kids. We did VBSs, we've done VBS after VBS. This was our most recent one that actually Danielle and Gordon were with us and Mercy was able to go with them. But we've we've held various VBSs over the first year and this last year. Kenya suffered incredible drought that first year we were there, where there was a lot of. Yeah. VBS is like a Bible, a Bible club or a kids club or like, what, vacation Bible school is what we call it. I don't know, what other words do we use for that? Kids club? Yeah. We hosted some in the village, we hosted some at our center. That first year we were there was incredible drought across the country and food prices soared and people were struggling, so we went out. My husband has a really big heart for outreach and we went to villages and we provided water, fresh water to villages who had not seen water in weeks. We handed out a ton of food relief because people were really hungry. There was no food, there were no crops and prices of things had double-tripled that first year. My husband, again, he loves people, and he loves being out and being with outrage. That first year where I, God gave us this vision and God planted this seed and God opened this space, we not only accomplished all this, but our budget tripled from what we had and what we were spending. It tripled, and we not once lacked. We went into the next year with a surplus. Okay, right? Imagine. (laughs) During this time, my husband, if you know my husband or have had um, the pleasure of getting to spend time with him, my husband is very, he walks into any space very expectant of God. He walks in expecting God is going to show up, for him to move, for him to speak to him, So my husband, in the early days, while he would show up at the center and wait for money and wait for the grass to go green, he was just expectant. And one thing he decided to start doing was he was going to start working out. He had all this time. He had all this space. He decided, I'm going to start working out. And knowing my husband as well, he's also a community guy. This is where he grew up. We know lots of people. He just, like, gathers people. Like, he's just very friendly, and he just kind of knows people and gathers people. So within a a bit of time, he started these little, like, workout sessions in the back. We have this cement pad in the back. And he just started collecting young men from the ghetto, and they would work out together, you know, informally in the morning and the evenings or... As you can see it was very basic. We've got some tires and and once we had like, you know, a little more room in the budget we'd buy like a couple dumbbells and some kettle balls and yoga mats and this went on for I don't even know probably like eight months and Kelvin said to me, you know, we really need more space because we are growing and this cement pad is not enough because we are growing And again, I like hummed and hawed. I was like, no, God, this is not what this is for. Like we wanted this place to be for women and I don't have the money for space. And Kelvin said, we need a tent and we need more space so we can host it. So finally, after a few months, I gave in and we had the money and we created a tent and we beefed up our our workout gym. And now this floor right now is like a like a a rubber gym mat, like we covered the cement um, and it's a rubber gym mat and we got all of this equipment and I think the day that we started it finished and we opened it up again, our numbers like doubled, tripled the next day. As of right, it became so busy that we actually have a full-time fitness instructor because it got too much for Kelvin. Kelvin couldn't run it anymore. So we actually hire a young man in the community that we've known for a while, and he runs fitness programs. As of right now, as of today, we are running fitness programs every day from about 5.30 to 9.30 in the morning. We have over probably 20 to 40 people from the ghetto every single morning coming to do workouts, coming to be with us. We feed them breakfast twice a week because food is scarce and bellies are not full and people are really struggling. A lot of the times we often play board games with them afterwards. They stick around for a while and they play with us and they hang out and we get to know them and Danielle and Gordon, when they came, brought us all these fun board games of dominoes and sorry, and we've taught it to all the kids there. And our heart for this program is to draw these young people in and to love them really, really hard. These young men and some women are coming from the ghetto. They are coming from a community where they have no employment. They have Many of them never finished high school. They don't have a lot going for them. They easily fall into a lot of drugs and illegal alcohol. And we're bringing them to us to show them, to give them a safe place, to use their bodies in a way that they can rehabilitate out of all of these things that kind of trap them, like drugs and alcohol. We have a lot of them who get my mother's pregnant because that's all they have to do um, and eventually what we did is Kelvin started a Bible study. So any of these young men started coming to the workouts, and then eventually we said, okay, now we have a Bible study. Why don't you guys start to come to a Bible study? And right now we host a Bible study that we call the transformed Bible study, that we've got a handful of these young men who have not only transformed their bodies and their lives, but have transformed their entire lives because they've come to know the Lord. One of these young men is this one here in the red. His name is Granton, and he was a young man. I'm gonna actually show you a video. He was kind enough to share his story with us, um, but he is a beneficiary of this program who is now making a big impact in our own community. I think this is a video.
2: Began as a simple structure here in Congo Air. and uh, the main idea was uh, to raise a team that is like a model team for the young people in this community. But as we were doing that, we realized there were more behavioral issues eh, than uh, that need for the game to thrive, and so we began with dealing with that.
3: familiar ball, we come chezadi, came a coach. Like any equal raisi, no covet could eat. Mambo mengi lili in changana changana, so a kapa, mim pakami kapotiliana, mambo zamchana, mambusadunia, ni pumbraibu, saikafka point me asharayoyafuza dea by no se mapu banada bantan.
2: Granton is another young man that I also coached when we had that first team that we began this ministry with,
3: Ranton, yeah he fell short at some point after joining the team. Deep down, we had a lot of friends, but we had a lot of friends, we had a lot of friends and we had a lot of friends, we had a lot When we began this ministry
2: and we began the fitness program, Granton came back and joined the, the fitness training here, and with the time and the discipline that he was putting into it, he joined our Bible study that uh, we conduct here on Wednesday. We call it a transformed Bible study. He joined it, and he came to know the Lord
3: deeply. <laughs> maskani kutulia sababu nitokatize nimebanu ushaona hata nikisema ni tinarudia leo aliangu kwa kawaida tu niende mali maskani mtafute daba ndo na kambi na diregeshanyu sababu hutar nitakula daba tena labda nikienda tizi tena nitastruggle so hiyo hiyo ndo ilikuwa yanipa ni motisha eh hii kitu nimekula alafu nienda tizi venye na ban vile sinajiumiza so hiyo ilikuwa inipa motisha paka ikan kana hata pole polepole paka ikanitoka sababu ya tizi program ya Rima Foundation Bible study Amen.
2: through granton we've been able to initiate a soccer evangelism program at the
3: schools to wamekuja mpira so na mpira na sisi pia chance school, Remember, we are coaching for life. Our fitness program and, and our
2: and our whole life coaching of soccer is now just a tool to bring them to the place where we are working with their body, moving their body, giving them a discipline in what they already love. We're challenging their mindset. Okay? And because for us Christ is the center in, in what we do, then then they are so.
3: Nashkurusana, co founders of Arema, now anyone who put effort to make sure a program in run could let their balls, could let their equipment. So, thank you, Nashkurumugusana and Amungo as Idiko Adasana, Moyokama, Ziduku Natural Challenge, Naku Support to the
2: The organization is growing, and there are so many needs, that's for sure we would like to conduct these outreaches as a fully-fledged unit. We would love to have a van so that we can take our teams to outreaches as far as to areas we've we've made contact in Mangwe, down south of the coast, also further down up north in Kilifi on the Coastal Strip, and also to school communities around this place. So when people give to us this program, um, they're actually helping us to to be able to meet these needs, that affiliate um, uh, that uh, that this uh, organization does with, with young men.
0: So Granton again is one of our, yeah, we clap for Granton. Oh, I wish he was here. Um, Granton is one of our staff members so even part of you know Junction giving goes towards Granton he used to sell drugs to actually he did drugs uh, they call it cat or in our language we call it mirra and it's a chewing it's like a stem they chew it's a stimulant. It's very common in our community um, but he used to sell it to even put his daughter, his sister through school but now through our program and everything, he's been able now to earn a living. And not only that, he's reaching out to even more young people in our own community. Um, over the um, holiday, Kelvin and I left, and Granton and the others from our Bible study held another VBS, a kids club of sorts, for the young boys uh, over the school holidays where they did Bible games and verses and songs and uh, group discussions um, and they did this all without us we were already here and so they're they're a pretty pretty amazing team uh, we're super grateful for them so now we're gonna rewind a little bit and I remember if you remember my vision for the Center was never to have a tent and workouts my vision was to have mothers and babies children it was going to be filled with mothers and babies, and yet somehow we ended up with this tent and all these sweaty boys. Um, but eventually, once I started feeling better after having Jack, uh, and my pregnancy was going better, and I got out of bed eventually, I decided now is the time. I'm going to start this program. and. This has been a vision of mine for about seven, eight years. I've witnessed mom, baby after baby die in our community of very preventable causes. And so I decided I'm gonna learn, and I came back to Canada, and I learned how to teach women about childbirth and breastfeeding and um, how to take care of their babies. So we started this program that we call the Angaza Mama Program, um, and we held our first class at the beginning of 2022. This is the picture from the first class. We had 14 women, and I forget completely what I talked about or what I taught that day, but I just remember leaving that very first class feeling utterly overwhelmed, like kind of like Gary was talking, like right over my head. Like, what on earth am I doing? There was a mother, I remember there was a mom in that class who had one lung. And she came to me and said, now, what do I do with one lung? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm not that, I don't know what we're doing here. And I left this first class going, I'm not cut out for this. I don't think we've heard the Lord right. I don't know what's going on. I'm not the person to do this. Um, I was so overwhelmed. And I went home that week, and I knew we had another class. The, 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 the way the program, we set it up, was that every week we were going to meet. And I knew we had another class the next week, and I was kind of tormented, like, I don't think this is what we're supposed to be doing. Um, but I had a dream. I had a dream during the course of that week that so many women showed up that they had to, like, sit on top of each other on my green benches that kelvin and i created that there was going to be no more space and i had this dream and the next thursday or tuesday rolled around and they all showed up in one week we went from 14 to over 40 women show up yeah hallelujah but then i was like really i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) what's going on here um and there i am trying to teach you know i was teaching i think about that day i was teaching about like exercise in pregnancy which kenyan women don't move when they're pregnant like there's no such thing as exercise and they all kind of looked at me like what is she doing um and i remember getting on the floor and showing them like yoga poses that were good for their back and they all just like were like whatever we had so many women that we were scrounging for food part of our program is that we feed them really really well because a lot of them are severely undernourished for being pregnant and um, we were scrambling kelvin was calling all of his friends going let's pick up we we're picking up street food and everything so we had only budgeted for like 20 people and we had over 40 women show up <sighs> that was the beginning of 2022 um Thankfully, as the months went on, we kept going, we kept showing up, and we started to get our footing, and I started to figure out what I was doing, and I started to understand the culture and the needs and of what women really needed in Kenya. And since then, we've had over 160 women attend the program. We have a beautiful group of healthy, wonderful babies. We, our goal for the program is to see babies survive. We have an incredibly high infant mortality rate in our community, and so we want to see moms and babies thrive. Our program is mainly education. They come weekly, and we educate them. We've got a pretty extensive curriculum now that we've created over time that goes through every step of their pregnancy and postpartum. we Feed them. This is huge because food is expensive. Just like here, inflation has hit hard in Kenya and it feels like it stings a little bit more for people who really like literally rely on their daily bread. So we feed them high iron, high protein meals. When they deliver their babies, we visit them to make sure that everything is going well. We bring them packages of food to ensure that they can make enough breast milk. And we watch the babies grow until they are four four or five months old. I want to show you one more video. The next slide is a video. Are we ready? Is it there? Uh, I think that one is a video. Oh yeah, this is me looking a whole lot more confident. This was taken in uh, like last year. And this is after a year and a half of figuring out what I'm doing. And now I actually know what I'm doing. Um here's a video I want to sh- introduce you to one of our moms from last year. <laughs>
1: kwanza I
0: remember meeting her and seeing she had just delivered a new baby and I remember seeing how she was treating and managing the child. And as a mother who had just given birth to two young girls, I could see there were a lot of red flags in the way that she was caring for her child. And I was frustrated. I was frustrated that I didn't stand up. I'm frustrated that this was preventable. I'm frustrated that this woman didn't know what she was doing or how to care for her baby. And ultimately she lost her child. So I went back to Canada and I said, I'm gonna learn everything I can so that I can Help women that they don't lose their babies anymore. In
3: 2022,
0: we launched our, we call it the Angaza Mama program. And Angaza is a Swahili word that means to shine or to radiate. And that is our desire for these women that they would shine and they would give birth and
1: give birth to healthy babies and they would thrive. I don't know how to learn from my mother. I go, I learn, and I teach what
0: One thing that we've learned is that a lot of them come with pain from the past losses that they have we've realized that almost one in four of these women have lost a live child under the age of one. That's 25% of the women in my program have lost a live child. And that is what we really want to change. So when they come into this program, they come in with the pain, the worry, the anxiety that this could turn out the same way that it did in the past. And they come here with some hopes that we are able to actually help them. Um, and we're very thankful this year so far, the program has been incredibly successful. We have lowered that infant mortality rate.
1: We are seeing babies survive. We are seeing mothers thrive. We I was a kid, and I was a kid and I was a kid. I was a kid and I was walinipia kid. I I and they learn everything. They learn
0: things from pregnancy, having a healthy pregnancy, delivery, complications, breastfeeding, infant feeding, um, first aid, common illnesses, postpartum depression, family planning they learn a lot and we are hopeful that they get all the tools they need to really keep them and their babies healthy.
1: They love God, number one. Amen, right? They love God, number one. Amen, right?
0: we are looking to open a medical clinic for the women where they will do all of their prenatal care with us, all of their checkups, ultrasounds, labs, up until they deliver, and then they will also do all their postpartum care with us. We will watch those babies grow. We will give them their vaccinations. We will treat them when they are sick um, because we want to see babies survive and mothers to thrive. We have a verse on the wall of our program that says you are precious and honored in my sight and I love you and that is our prayer that everyone in this place comes in and they are no they are precious they are honored and loved and you guys help make that happen as we continue to grow we would appreciate your continued support as you walk alongside us and uh, that you love this these mamas and their babies and the community that we serve in so thank you. Naomi, in that video, I, uh, yeah. Do you notice how green the background is? Kelvin really did a good job. The center is so green now. Um, Naomi was one, I know a few months ago, uh, we had some major flooding in Mombasa and it was, I know it was even put out on the Junction Church emails to give. Naomi in the video was actually one of the moms who got a bed from us because her and her husband were literally sleeping on like this mattress like this on the floor um, and their houses all got flooded. So she's one of the recipients um, of that flood relief if any of you did give to that. Whenever we get women who come into our program, we've now regulated the numbers. We don't allow 40 women at a time, but we uh, have a nice system of women that come in. And when they come into our programs, we get their, their clinical history, and it always makes our hearts sink because there are so many of them who've lost babies. Live babies, we're not talking a miscarriage. We're saying this baby was born and died before it reached one years old. Our current statistic in our program is 22% of the women in my program have lost a live baby. We are also seeing an incredibly high rate of HIV. HIV seems to be growing again. Um, I think there was a large push by all the big health organizations in the world, you know, 15 years ago to eradicate HIV. But I think with COVID and other, you know, global threats, HIV has been put on the back burner, so we're seeing a lot of young women, particularly, who have HIV. That is what we are seeking to change. That is what we are going to work towards. Uh, where am I going? Dink, 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 nope. In Ephesians, it talks about being full of the fullness of God, and I think if you're to ask Kelvin or I about the last few years, we will tell you that we feel full that God has brought out the best of both of us, that he has created, you know, this program and these these women and the, the, the boys that make us feel fully alive. And we're so grateful that he has done so, so much through us and in this space. And I really hope that after all of what you're seeing up there, you're also feeling like you're a part of it because Junction Church is a huge part of what we do in Kenya. We are growing, and as I said in that that video, we are um, hoping to actually open a medical clinic. My original vision for that place was to open a birth center, and we're hoping one day that we will actually be able to follow women from early pregnancy all the way till their babies reach one years old. We want to treat them so that they reach one years old that is our next step. Um, And so we invite you to join us. If you want to learn more about how you can get involved, this is our organization's website, Um, or you can email me, or you can even email the church, because the church has all of my information and everything. There's a few ways that you are welcome to join us. Number one, we ask that you pray. We have an email list that a lot of you are on, um, but if you're not on that email list, we send out like monthly updates of like what's going on, good things that happen, hard things that have happened, and uh, how you can be praying for us. If you want to be on that list, please come and see me or husband, my husband, and uh, we'll we'll put you on there. Another big piece is giving if you in order to get this clinic started, we need a pretty decent chunk of money. Um, We need about $40,000. Seems huge, but we've also watched God do really huge things in the last two years. So for us, we're just like waiting like, God, if this is what you're going to do, this is what we're waiting for. If you want to give, you can do that in several ways. We have people who give $10 a month up to hundreds of dollars a month. You can give monthly, you can give one time a year. We have people who just give once a year. You, we have people who fundraise for us, who do other things. If you know you can't give financially, but you can give of time, they fundraise for us. So funding is huge. We also have an Amazon wish list. I don't know if anybody knows what an Amazon wish list is. I'm I'm up I'm I'm hip now, so I understand these things. We've put this Amazon wish list together that if you want to buy things directly for the clinic, um, you can actually purchase them off of Amazon, and they're sent to us here, and Kelvin and I will bring them back to Kenya when we leave again. Um, So that's another way that if you want to buy something tangible. You are super welcome to come and visit us again, if you're able. we love visitors, we love having people with us. So if you've ever had it on your heart to come to Africa and to engage and to serve and to learn, we would love, love, love to host you guys. That is all I have for now because I've taken up way too much time and it's time to eat. Um, in Kenya, whenever we finish a gathering, we finish, whether it is a, our staff meetings, Um, Oh, I have to mention our staff, because we don't do this alone. This looks super impressive, and it is, but Kelvin and I are only two people. We have an incredible staff. We hire six full-time staff members in Kenya. Um, That's part of what we raise funds for, is we provide a living for six people, and they are phenomenal. And even now, as Kelvin and I are here, everything is still running. Everything is going great. As you saw in the video, I have a nurse, and we have people who teach for me. Um, Kelvin has instructors who are making sure the programs are running well Um, but we have a wonderful staff that part of your giving goes to them and we hope that you pray for them because they're in this ministry with us. Okay, whenever we finish, whether it's a staff meeting or a church service, we end with what we call the grace. Uh, And it is something that we've learned and it's kind of been ingrained in us in Kenya but it actually is a Bible verse and it comes from Second Corinthians 13:14. And so to finish our time together, if you have a Bible or can turn there, I'm going to read it. I'm not going to read it, it's in my head, but we are going to finish with what we call the grace, and it says, Kelvin, can you start? I'm now blanking. Go. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore, amen. Thank you guys, thank you.